this week on Choice Hacking. Just walking into the Apple Store is a whole experience in itself. Now, I get Apple's whole theme is like perfect and pristine, but everything is white. White floors, white walls, white screens. It's blindingly bright. Walking into the Apple Store is like opening Discord light mode at 4am. It's like that scene in Harry Potter where Harry and Dumbledore meet in limbo. They weren't in limbo. They're actually in the Apple Store the whole time. Sure, it looks rad, but it's borderline dystopian. This clip from YouTuber Giuseppe pretty much summarizes the unique look and feel of the Apple Store. There's no question the Apple Store is in a class of its own. But did you know that Steve Jobs actually stole from a hotel to build the very first Apple Store? Let me explain. I'm Jennifer Kleinhens, and you're listening to Choice Hacking, a podcast about applying behavioral science and psychology to business, marketing, experience design, and more. Join me today as we unpack why and how Steve Jobs borrowed some ideas for the original Apple Store and the psychology behind why it worked and why you should probably do it too. But before we get started, I want to take a moment to talk about my newest Choice Hacking Academy course, How to Get More Clients with Science. If you work in an agency or consultancy, you're a freelancer or a service industry entrepreneur, I don't have to tell you that winning new clients is the lifeblood of your business. But selling your services can feel scummy, fake, and honestly kind of mysterious when you don't understand the psychology behind why clients buy. Luckily for us, behavioral science and psychology aren't just about nudging our clients' customers. They can also help us win over potential clients through our language, proposals, even the way we price our services. This course took me hundreds of hours to research and thousands of hours of sometimes painful real-world experience to put together, so I hope you'll join me. To learn more and decide if it's right for you, just visit choicehacking.com forward slash clients. That's choicehacking.com forward slash C-L-I-E-N-T-S. Now on to the show. When the first Apple Store launched in 2001, it was unlike any other retail experience in the world. In typical Steve Jobs fashion, he described it as a revolution in the way people shopped for personal computers, saying, quote, Apple stores are intended not just to move boxes, but to enrich lives. Now, that is a pretty lofty goal for a computer store. But as Steve Jobs was wont to do, he saw a vision that few others did. But back in the year 2000, the odds were stacked against Apple. Most people thought it was foolish and a huge risk to open retail stores at the time. But back in Cupertino, Steve Jobs and then head of Apple retail Ron Johnson, who we're going to talk a lot more about in a future episode, were too busy trying to reinvent the retail store to care what anybody else thought. They had a huge task ahead of them to design the world's best customer experience. So they started by searching for some world-class inspiration. They held informal focus groups, talking to people in Apple's offices to see what brands came to mind when they were asked, what's the best customer experience you've ever had? They heard one answer over and over again. It was a hotel, the Ritz-Carlton. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the Ritz. 
different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes and cutaway coat, perfect fits. Putting on the Ritz. When Jobs and Johnson heard people suggesting the Ritz, they were intrigued. They started asking themselves what made the Ritz-Carlton experience so great, and how could they steal some of that secret sauce to make Apple stores just as legendary. To understand what makes the Ritz customer experience so special, we first need to unpack their approach. Now, the Ritz-Carlton's customer experience is led by its gold standards, which are taught to every team member and strictly enforced. They are the credo, the motto, the employee promise, and the three steps of service. These principles are printed on what are called credo cards, and they're considered a part of every employee's uniform, as in they're required to carry them around all day. First, the credo. It says, quote, The Ritz-Carlton is a place where the genuine care and comfort of our guests is our highest mission. We pledge to provide the finest personal service and facilities for our guests, who will always enjoy a warm, relaxed, yet refined ambiance. The Ritz-Carlton experience enlivens the senses, instills well-being, and fulfills even the unexpressed wishes and needs of our guests. It's obvious how much they care about the experience of the people staying in their hotels. That last line could have easily inspired the Apple Store's ambition to be an immersive and inspiring customer experience that enlivens the senses and instills well-being in its customers, just like the Ritz. But why do immersive, personalized experiences work so well? A few reasons. First, behavioral science tells us that our context or environment influences how we behave, think, choose, and most importantly, feel. Research has found that immersive store environments can affect our emotions, drawing us in, keeping us engaged, and enhancing an experience. Those emotions can create better memories and form an emotional bond with the brand that is really hard for competitors to break. Next, we have the Ritz-Carlton's famous motto, quote, We are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. It reads almost like the Ritz-Carlton's version of the golden rule, treat others as you'd like to be treated yourself. Not only does this motto help set a standard of care for guests, but it also reminds Ritz-Carlton employees that their employer sees them as equals. The motto helps set the culture of the Ritz-Carlton as something that empowers employees rather than distrusting or restricting them. It's easy to see how Apple could have been inspired by this motto when naming their employees geniuses, giving them a title that empowers and inspires their work. And when you give employees a sense of control over their own destinies, studies show they're happier, more fulfilled, and more engaged with their work. Psychologists Richard Ryan and Edward D.C. called this autonomy, and it was a critical part of their famous model for motivation called self-determination theory. Their framework says that for people to be motivated, they need three things, autonomy, competence, and relatedness. Now, Ryan and D.C. defined autonomy as the desire to be the casual agent of one's own life. In other words, do employees feel like they're empowered by their employer to govern themselves and their actions? Or did they feel micromanaged, distrusted, and not allowed to think or act for themselves? 
Next, the Ritz-Carlton's employee promise makes it clear that their staff are to be valued, empowered, and respected as the most valuable part of its brand. Quote, at the Ritz-Carlton, our ladies and gentlemen are the most important resource in our service commitment to our guests. By applying the principles of trust, honesty, respect, integrity, and commitment, we nurture and maximize the talent to the benefit of each individual in the company. The Ritz-Carlton fosters a work environment where diversity is valued, quality of life is enhanced, individual aspirations are fulfilled, and the Ritz-Carlton mystique is strengthened. The Ritz-Carlton doesn't just pay lip service to investing in its employees, it makes sure that they're highly trained and coached. In their first year on the job, employees go through a whopping 250 hours of training. That training even caters to different learning styles and can be taken as one-on-one coaching, online training, or in-person seminars, depending on how the employee prefers to learn. When Steve Jobs and Ron Johnson discovered the way the Ritz trained its employees, they enrolled all of its soon-to-be Apple Store managers in the leadership program at the Ritz-Carlton so they could steal some of the secrets of its customer experience. In 2012, the top-secret Apple Store employee manual called the Genius Training Student Workbook was leaked to Gizmodo, a technology blog. Gizmodo described the contents of Apple's employee handbook this way, quote, the manual could have easily served as the Humanity 101 textbook for a robot university. But at Apple, it's an exhaustive manual to understanding customers and making them happy. Sales, it turns out, take a backseat to good vibes. Almost the entire volume is dedicated to empathizing, consoling, cheering up, and correcting various genius bar confrontations. Apple was clearly inspired by the Ritz's commitment to its employees and its focus on managing guests' emotions. Which makes sense, because as the effect heuristic tells us, people make decisions based on their current emotional state. If an Apple genius is focused on making a customer feel good in the moment, they're much more likely to walk out of the store with a shiny new Apple product. The last section on the Ritz-Carlton's Credo cards is called the three steps of service. Now, these are simple but powerful ways to ensure guests leave with positive feelings and memories. Here's what it says. One, a warm and sincere greeting. Use the guest's name. Number two, anticipation and fulfillment of each guest's needs. Number three, fond farewell. Give a warm goodbye and use the guest's name. These principles might seem simple at first, but there's some powerful psychology underlying why they're so effective. Behavioral science and psychology tell us that emotions power our opinions and memories of an experience. And these emotions help drive our decision-making, like whether to buy a Mac instead of a PC or what luxury hotel to stay in if we have the means to do so. Underlying this idea is the peak end rule, what I call the golden rule of customer experience. Now, if you're a regular listener to the Choice Hacking Podcast, you'll know that I love the peak end rule. But if you haven't heard of it, the peak end rule says that our opinions, judgments, and memories of an experience aren't built on the average of every moment, but on the emotional peak, whether it's positive or negative, and the end of an experience. The approach to customer experience that Apple and the Ritz-Carlton share are built, knowingly or not, on the peak end rule in action. If there's one thing to take away from the story of world-class brands and the psychology that drives them... 
It's that when we manage customer emotions, their experiences can go from good to unforgettable. Thank you for listening to the Choice Hacking Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so thankful if you shared it on social media. It takes me many, many hours to put together every episode. And it is a huge help when you share the podcast with your LinkedIn, Twitter, or even your TikTok followers. And don't forget, you can learn more about behavioral science and psychology applied to business when you subscribe to the free Choice Hacking email list. You'll join more than 7,000 brilliant UX, CX, and marketing folks who get my newsletter. To sign up, just visit choicehacking.com forward slash subscribe. That's choicehacking.com forward slash subscribe. Until next time. I hit record it, Jap, you can't ignore it. I'm transforming now, these cars and planes, I'm always boarding. Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets.